thank you for joining us in Mapping the Zone, a podcast dedicated to informal discussion of the works and context of Thomas Pynchon. Uh, we've been doing some bonus episodes. I believe this will probably be the third one um, or the fourth one um, that we've released since we finished Mason and Dixon. The uh, the next book, Pynchon book, we'll be doing is Vineland. Uh, should be starting sometime in November. I believe about the middle of November we'll have our first episode about Vineland out. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Gene Wolfe and in particular his uh, solar cycle. Nice. Um, which I, I we the, the book of the new sun and, and Gene Wolfe have come up on this podcast some. Uh, there are there are some lines in the crying of lot forty nine uh, that that do seem to kind of somehow predict uh, some aspects of the book of the new sun. Um, I don't, you know, Gene Wolfe does do interviews. You can find his interviews on YouTube. You can find his written interviews in magazines, as opposed to Pynchon, who obviously doesn't. Uh, but I'm not aware of any um, instances of there being anything confirmed about the two having read one another. Uh, that being said, uh, Kate and I have both kind of speculated about Pynchon and and uh, the Book of the New Sun and Gene Wolfe's work being a mm-hmm. possible influence on some aspects, some small aspects of Mason and Dixon. It, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, Pynchon was definitely a fan of the man and put references in his books because you and I have both found them in Mason and Dixon as we've been reading through that book, Luke. Yeah, I definitely do think it's in there. Um, so now I'm just going to do a brief overview of who Gene Wolfe uh, was. Uh, so Gene Wolfe, I guess he was born in New York City, but I believe he was basically raised uh, in Houston. That's where he went to middle school and high school. He also went to Texas A&M. Uh, apparently he dropped out after his junior year and was drafted to fight in the Korean War. Um, I have read some interviews with Wolf where he describes himself coming back from the war and, uh, you know, falling, like jumping to the floor at, at the sound of any loud noise. And it does seem to be, it, he does seem to exhibit, um, both in his writing and in his personal life, uh, some aspects of PTSD, uh, in relation to his, his time in the war. Um, he also wrote some kind of military sci-fi here and there, uh, which some of that is in the book of the new sun, especially, and in the, the larger solar cycle. Um, but after, after he got back from the Korean war, he finished up college and then he was a, uh, kind of like a a weird mixture of a, of an engineer and a journalist, uh, where he worked for like, kind of, kind of similar to pension actually, where pension worked for the. I was a technical writer for Boeing. I, I believe Wolf was a technical writer and editor for a few different corporations. Um, infamously, Wolf played a part in creating uh, the Pringles brand of p- potato chips. Um, he did not come up with the idea or anything, but he did uh, play a, a pretty large part in creating the machinery that was used to create Pringles chips. Um, if you if you encounter any memes about Gene Wolfe, there's likely going to be um, some jokes about Pringles. Uh, the Pringles guy and Gene Wolfe both kind of famously have mustaches. Gene Wolfe often sported a, a very large uh, mustache. Um, Gene Wolfe spent, I, I believe, most of his life living in most of his adult life living in Illinois. 
Um, and I think that with the success of the Book of the New Sun, he quit his day job and became a full-time writer um, in the mid-'80s. Um, his work is, is kind of a weird mixture of literary fiction and fantasy and sci-fi. Um, a lot of people don't really think of literary fiction when they think of Wolf. Uh, his book piece is definitely... It can be read as a horror story, as a ghost story, as a as a piece of literary fiction. If you just read the surface level of piece, it's it's pretty much literary fiction. Uh, but if you kind of dig in a little bit more to some of the kind of more more the theory aspect um, of piece, then it can be it can be kind of more of a ghost story or horror story. Um, that is another big thing about Gene Wolfe is. He's a very active subreddit. He also has an active uh, circle jerk slash shitpost subreddit, um, both of which you'll see me on every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but th that is a big aspect of, of the Book of the New Sun, especially in all of Gene Wolfe's works, is how endlessly interpretable they are and how, how they lend themselves to um, fan theories. Um, he was kind of... He, he did kind of employ the the puzzle box style that's so um such a big part of, of modern media especially tv and and movies um so yeah to get into the the solar cycle um i'm not i'm not sure about how official the name the solar cycle is for the 12 book series 12 book cycle uh but it composes uh the book of the new sun which is um the first book is The Shadow of the Torturer. The second book is The Claw of the Conciliator. The third book is The Sword of the Lictor. And the fourth book is The Citadel of the Autark. Uh, I love all those titles. They're all quite evocative, especially the first and the fourth one. And then he was... Uh, th those books, those four books are somewhat standalone. Um, and then he was... I've seen kind of conflicting reports, like directly conflicting reports about the origin of his fifth book in the cycle, The Earth of the New Sun. Um, a oh, lot that of that story is amazing. Yeah, I think <laughs> I want to say that his editor, uh, because of how confused people were by the four, first four books, his editor pretty much forced Wolf to write The Earth of the New Sun as a sort of explainer for the four books before it. Uh, it is a continuation of the story, uh, which I'll get into here in a little bit, kind of a, a hopefully a not too in-depth summary of of the different parts of the solar cycle. Uh, but the the or the earth of the earth of the new sun more or less um ends the 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 uh, narrative of Severian, who is the narrator and um, very much the main character of the first five books. And then um, the solar cycle is continued in the Book of the Long Sun, which is another four books. Um, Nightside, the Long Sun. I don't know why it's not Nightside of the Long Sun, but it's always Nightside, the Long Sun. Then Lake of the Long Sun, Call Day of the Long Sun, and Exodus from the Long Sun. And then next in the cycle is the Book of the Short Sun, which is On Blue's Waters and Green's Jungles and Return to the Whirl. Uh, Book of the Long Sun and Book of the Short Sun. If you jump in this into the solar cycle at the Book of the Long Sun, you don't necessarily have to have read the Book of the New Sun or Earth of the New Sun. Uh, but you cannot, in my opinion, and in the opinion of basically anyone who has read the books, you cannot jump into the Book of the Short Sun without having read the Book of the Long Sun. 
Uh, they are more or less a seven book series within the larger series. Uh, Book of the Long Sun jumps off basically right at the end of Exodus from the Long Sun. Um, so yeah, just kind of get into my own personal experience with Wolf and stuff. I, I had read Wolf's short story, uh, Ziggurats, maybe about 10 years ago in The Secret History of Science Fiction, which is uh, an anthology by James Patrick Kelly and uh, John Kessel. Uh, John Kessel is an author to check out, by the way, uh, just as an aside. Uh, his book, uh, I, let me look. It's something about good news from outer space or something. It's it's one of the one of the more entertaining and um, uh, propulsive uh, sci-fi novels I've read. But they have a they have that anthology, The Secret History of Science Fiction, which uh, I've used as a textbook in the past when I've taught, and uh, it's it's a very good look at kind of the more literary and um, experimental side of science fiction. Uh, but I read Ziggurat, and uh, it definitely did make an impression on me. Um, if you've read that short story, I believe it might even be a novella, uh, novella length. If you've read that that novella, um, it ha- it features a lot of kind of trademark wolf stuff, where there's a surface story, um, and you know there's an unreliable narrator. Um, there are a lot of aspects of transgressive literature. There's kind of um, you know, it does feature a discussion of of divorce and all the uh, kind of ugly aspects of that go into uh, divorces. I don't want to get too into it, uh, but you know, this like accusations uh, about stuff involving you know children and different stuff. It's 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 a rough read in a lot of ways. Um, and you can kind of, you know, the first time I read it, I read it as just kind of a straight story about alien visitation. And then whenever you reread it, or if you dig in really a lot, um, you can kind of figure out that that, that story is likely um, a cover for a, a much more sinister story. Um, but I, I read that and I just kind of forgot about Wolf for a while. Uh, I did write a novel that in a creative writing workshop um was compared to book of the new sun and the guy that compared it was sure that i had read the book of the new sun and i had not uh actually read it but um i then i i had written this whole novel then a few years later i i kept on encountering wolf and encountering wolf and i believe he passed away around the time that i first got into him uh which is pretty typical for people i think when whenever an author passes and they're very well respected you'll you'll kind of finally be like oh i need to give that person a try Mm -hmm. i don't know why that is um (laughs) why that kind of trend happens where people like you know like people's estates make a lot more money off their books than they ever did Mm. anyways um and i did kind of realize that there are a lot of similarities between the book i wrote and the book of the new sun um Book of the New Sun is is miles and miles above anything that I would ever be able to produce in my life, but there are some similarities. Um, and uh, see, so yeah, I first I think the first novel by Gene Wolfe I read was The Fifth Head of Cerberus, which um, of all the books I've read by him, that's probably the easiest and best introduction. Um, it's three novellas uh, that are all kind of interconnected. It features all of the kind of signature wolf stuff. Uh, it also features a lot of themes and motifs that he revisits during the solar cycle. So reading the fifth head of Cerberus and then reading the solar cycle could be a good idea. That's what I did. And um, 
it was it was it kind of eases you into his style and stuff um but see yeah then i then i read all of the solar cycle in about a year uh around the time of the pandemic um and uh it made a big impression on me especially in my opinion it gets better as it goes on um in my opinion the earth of the new sun is even better than the book of the new sun and the book of the long sun is better than what came before it and then the book of the short sun is even better than what came before that um the book of the short sun is is kind of the pinnacle of of sci-fi for me in a lot of ways, although it does feature a lot of fantasy elements. Um, but yeah, and then, so I have read the Book of the New Sun and Earth of the New Sun another two times since then. Um, I, I did the, I, I read and reread kind of at the same time where I would, I would read a chapter or two, then listen to the Al Zabo Soup podcast and then reread. I'd listen to the Al Zabo Soup podcast episode about the chapters that I'd read, and then I would reread the chapters with the uh, explanations and theories of of that podcast in my head. Um, which is uh, that's a I wouldn't recommend necessarily listening to a podcast alongside your first read of the Book of the New Sun unless you're really struggling. Uh, but it it was a pretty fun exercise in kind of digging really deeply and um, making myself kind of puzzle out a lot of the more confusing aspects of the book of the new sun, um, which is an infamous, infamously uh, frustrating book. Um, and then I haven't, I haven't revisited. I have, I did, like I said, I reread earth of the new sun. And whenever I reread it, I actually didn't enjoy it quite as much as the book of the new sun. Um, the, the next time around the second and third times around, in my opinion, basically everything in the Earth of the New Sun is implied in uh, the Book of the, or the, yeah, everything in Earth of the New Sun is implied in Book of the New Sun. Um, it's uh, it's not it's not necessarily a needed sequel. Um, but yeah, so I'll just kind of give a short um, plot summary of the different parts of the Solar Cycle. Um, the Book of the New Sun is basically the story of Severian. Who is a uh, a a torturer? Um, it starts off with him as a child in the torturers' guilds. Um, that fact, the fact that Severian is a torturer, it definitely defines how people think about the books um, before they read it. Once you start reading it, you'll kind of realize that Severian's just kind of a teenage guy late teens 18 19 by the time the book really gets going um and that the the fact that he's a torture kind of tortures him you know he doesn't necessarily love being a torturer um in fact he he messes up his his place in the guild and is forced to go on a sort of episodic um adventure that definitely has some aspects of the bildungsroman um but and this is a bit of a spoiler, but I believe it's stated even in the first chapter of the first book that Severian be eventually becomes the Autarch. Uh, the Autarch is the leader of basically South America. Um, but yeah, and this is actually, I completely forgot about this. Uh, the book is set in a on an Earth uh, very far into the future, uh, so far into the future that the sun is dying. 
Um, there are some spoilers related to that, to why the sun is dying, because it's not quite as far into the future as, you know, like millions of years, whenever the sun will actually start dying. Uh, there are some kind of other science fiction fantasy aspects at play as to why the sun is dying. Um, but it is part of the dying earth subgenre. I haven't read very much Jack Vance at all, but it is in a lot of ways, um, kind of like post Jack Vance, um, like a, a, a sort of like response to and commentary on Jack Vance's dying earth series. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the first four books are basically Severian's journey to becoming the autarch. Uh, there is in the, in the cycle as at whole, as, as in all the 12 books, there are, there is a lot of violence, um, not as much torture as you would think, but a lot of violence, a lot of that violence is directed towards women, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, there are discussions on the wolf subreddit of, of wolf's views on women and stuff. Um, I'm personally, I don't necessarily find a lot of Severian or, um, Silk or Horn, who are the main people of the second parts in Wolf. I don't believe that I don't believe that Severian was at all an author insert uh, in any part of the cycle. But that being said, I, I did want to throw that trigger warning in there. Um, the prose in the Book of the New Sun is 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 stunning. It's it's amazing. It's unlike anything I've ever read before, other than other books by Wolf. Um, he kind of tones down the the pro stuff after the Book of the New Sun because I think he realized that a lot of people were confused and that it, it put a lot of people off and maybe hurt sales uh, some. That being said, it's it's singular in its in its prose beauty. Um, the word poetic doesn't begin to describe how uh, amazing a lot of the descriptions are. Um, but yeah, so it's the, the first four books are Severian becoming the Autarch. The fifth book is about Severian um, and him finally bringing the new sun to Earth, uh, to the solar system, and how he goes through this kind of cosmic uh, spiritual trial, uh, which it kind of turns out he's always been going through. And then the Book of the Long Sun is, it starts off with um, a priest named Silk, who's kind of a tall blonde guy. Um, and his his search is his quest to save his uh, parish, his, uh, I'm blanking on the Catholic word for church. Um, church. They've all been bought by a, criminal a criminal uh kind of um criminal boss criminal gang and he searches to either get the get it back uh, through force or to buy it back um that plot is kind of taken over by the fact that there's a like a a neighboring city on the spaceship that the which you don't necessarily know it's a spaceship right off the bat uh but on the spaceship that the characters are on uh, which I've talked about in Mason and Dixon, how it's a Dyson sphere, and how whenever you look in the sky, there's like a city in the sky instead of the sky. And the the long the titular long sun is like the um the it's like a um it's this it's like a a partial it could be part of the rocket that powers the ship, but it's like a a long beam of light that goes through the middle of the ship that provides you know like the same thing that the sun provides here. Um, 
And he, yeah, the their city, which I'm blanking on the name of right now, is invaded by a neighboring city that is ruled by women. Um, and that the war that takes place kind of takes over the the main narrative um, as Silk and the rest attempt to save their city, and or um, and the and the tyranny of the people ruling the city. So it turns out that there's all this stuff about um, how. The directives of the person who built the spaceship and rules over the spaceship as a sort of digital god, how they are defying the wishes of that digital god. Um, the Book of the Long Sun is another kind of singular. The whole cycle is pretty singular, but it's it's another kind of singular narrative. I haven't read a lot of spaceship set stories, um, but it's 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 awe-inspiring in its scope. Um, it's a lot more simply written than the book of the new sun. It's a lot easier to follow on a sentence by sentence, page by page, word by word level. Um, and yeah, so it ends, the book ends, and this isn't necessarily too much of a spoiler. The book ends with the, with them reaching their destination, uh, which is a, a, uh, two different planets called blue and green. And then the book of the short sun is about Horn, um, who is a a character in the book of the long sun that is revealed at the end of the long sun to be a bigger character. Let's say, trying to avoid spoilers here, uh, Horn is revealed to be a bigger, more central to the narrative character at the at at, at the end of long sun than he first appears. And whenever you're reading up until that point, you don't necessarily think of him all that much as being important or somebody to pay attention to. But it turns out that he is somebody to pay attention to and somebody to uh, think about more. Um, and it's about Horn looking for Silk um, on the different planets on green and on blue and on uh, the Whirl, which is the name of the spaceship. Um, so the different book names for that one, you know, on Blue's Waters and Green's Jungles and Return to the Whirl are all kind of spoilers. Uh, that series, it, it features, I think, three different timelines. It features a timeline, kind of blanking on the different timelines. I believe it's three different ones. It's written as a journal. It's written as Horn's kind of testament to his family, who he leaves behind without really telling them that he's leaving at near the beginning of the book. And it's kind of his apology for doing so and his search for redemption um, and stuff. But yeah, um, the book, the book of the short sun. I don't necessarily know how to summarize the plot. Like I said, I mean, you can basically summarize it as Horn looking for Silk, um, and also it turns out, in a weird way, Horn looking for himself. Uh, it's a lot about fatherhood. Uh, there are there are vampires in the in that in that those three books that are kind of like space vampires. Um, I'm having trouble. I'm blanking on kind of how to summarize it, but uh, it's it's my favorite thing by Wolf, uh, and Wolf is um, one of my favorite authors. Uh, I do have this is a bit off topic, but I do have two different Solar Cycle tattoos. I have the final book, I have the final words of the series on my arm, uh, which I won't spoil, um, but which do lead people to think that I'm really into hunting and fishing and camping, um, which is always <laughs> kind of funny to me. Uh, which I I'm not opposed to those things, and I have I do like camping and fishing, but uh, I've never really been hunting. But anyway, 
And I also have the the phrase behind our efforts, let there be found our efforts on my arm, uh, which is um, Severian's uh, Severian's opponents in in his in his war and arch war war between North America and South America. Uh, the North Americans are called Askians, and um, they're they're only able to speak in preset favorite phrases. So there's like about like a a thousand, two thousand phrases that are allowed to say, and like, and that's it. Um, that's one of their phrases, uh, which I don't really necessarily want to go into explaining why it's on my arm, but I do have kind of a mental headcanon as to why. Um, yeah, I mean, I I might read. I'm going to read the some some of the opening sections from the different books. Um, one sec, let me get them out. Um, so the shadow and torturer are the resurrection and death. It starts off. It is possible I already had some presentiment of my future. Uh, which as you as you go as you go on in this book like that that first that first sentence is is just amazing. Uh, but it says the locked and rusted gate that stood before us, with wisps of river fog threading its spikes sp- threading its spikes like the mountain pass. Remains in my mind now as the symbol of my exile. That is why I begun this account of it with the aftermath of our swim, in which I, the torturer's apprentice Severian, had so nearly drowned. Um, the opening thing of Earth, the New Sun, because it's kind of uh, part of the same uh, um, ball game. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, in life, nothing could ever be the same after that. That's the opening sentence. Um, yeah, Patera Silk is is um, is that like I said, the main character. But he, there are about twenty gods that are worshipped on the world on the spaceship. But he becomes obsessed with the a god called the Outsider. Which is the god of of outside of the spaceship of everything that's outside of the spaceship, uh, which you would think would be a bigger, you know, like it's just you would think that that god would be a bigger deal, uh, but the god is basically by the least worship, the least noticed, the least sacrificed to God um, in the in the entire spaceship uh, in the culture of the spaceship, and then I'll read the. The opening of On Blue's Waters, one sec. I have it right here. It is worthless. This old pen case I brought from Verone, which I think Verone is the name of the city in Book of the Long Sun. It is nothing. You might go around the market all day and never find a single spirit who would trade you a fresh egg for it. Yet it holds enough. Yes, enough. I am sick of fancies. So yeah, I mean the the fact that it opens with a, a discussion of a pen case does kind of speak to how uh, the book of the short sun is a lot about the role of art and the 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 uh, the act of writing uh, in terms of achieving achieving catharsis and achieving um, redemption for your mistakes and how to forgive yourself and stuff like that. Um, how creating art, uh, can lead to things like, yeah, like catharsis and growth as a human being. 
Um, because the entire book, the entire three books, Horn is is constantly making mistakes, constantly fucking up, uh, but trying all the while to be a good person. Um, yeah. So, did you all have any questions? I believe I'm the only other person on on the on this show that has has read Wolf. Um, and I would start by asking the same question that I asked Cody um, about near Automata in the sense of of how to approach these books and what what the the best way to read them is because they do have a reputation that precedes them about their difficulty and i'm pretty sure they are the only books ever written where the literary agent of its author forced them to write an epilogue in order to explain their own work um a book length epilogue at that so if you were to recommend these books to our readers or just anyone our readers our listeners or just anyone in general um and you were to kind of give some instructions about how to go about reading them or how to best emphasize reading them so that they they don't bounce off of them as a collection of books what would you what would you say what would you recommend they do that's a very good question and and one that that does get addressed on the gene wolf subreddit every once in a while um there is an there's an entire dictionary you can buy, uh, which I own, called the Lexicon Earthus. Um, there are multiple guidebooks you can buy, um, some of which look really good and I haven't checked out. Others, others of which I have checked out and uh, that I do own and that I found kind of somewhat helpful. Um, that being said, I believe the first time I read the Book of the New Sun and Earth of the New Sun, I did it just kind of straight. Um, without any any other books to help me um i did do some googling of some of the words um and i i do think that i've, I've encountered students that will say what i'm about to say and they're bullshitting and it's not um <laughs> it's the it, this can be a symbol of a sign of laziness but context clues in terms of what words mean can help you with the book of the new sun definitely True. we're like the there will be like you know like all of the old like the all the names of like extinct animals that are used. You, know, you, you can generally tell in the structure of the sentence that he's talking about some type of animal and stuff like that. Um, I would recommend I don't you know, like trying to recommend somebody a, a five book series a twelve book series and saying you have to buy like not only all those books but a dictionary and guides and everything. It's it's not it's only <laughs> going to be a few people are going to be like oh yeah you know. Um, I so I would just kind of recommend how I how I the same way I'd recommend going to Gravity's Rainbow, which is just just reading it, um, or maybe reading some Wolf beforehand, uh, but just reading it and taking it in, seeing what you we draw from it, maybe doing some journaling every once in a while, with you know, writing down what questions you have, um, and and trying to kind of figure stuff out on your own, uh, maybe some predictions for what's coming next, what's going to happen. I but I I honestly I wouldn't I I think you're gonna get maybe even more frustrated than you normally would if you try to figure it all out on your first read. Um, so I personally recommend just just buying the Shadow of the Torturer and delving in, and if you enjoy it, then continuing on. Um, I I wouldn't recommend buying the dictionary, all the different guidebooks. On I I think that those work best for your second and third, fourth, fifth. Onwards reads of the books. 
I actually have read the first two books of Book of the New Sun. Um, I read uh, Shadow of the Torture and Claw of the Conciliator. Uh, I think the first time I read them was five or six years ago. And I, I really enjoyed them at the time. I don't remember why I stopped after Claw of the Conciliator, but I picked them back up uh, last year. And I've, I've been rereading them since then. So, and I just finished Call of the Conciliator earlier this year. I think in January I finished it. Um, oh, so the beginning of the year? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My brain is <laughs> shutting down slowly. Um, so, um, but I, what I would say is, as, as someone who has read sci-fi and fantasy a, a lot, especially since I was a kid, I've just kind of always gravitated to it. Um, it's a it, they are both genres that tend to get overlooked because people tend to dismiss them as not being worthy of classifying with with other you know big name literature um and i i, I get that to an extent i i think sci-fi and fantasy hold a certain escapist value that don't really necessitate them being um super prosy or or challenging at times i think they're they do their job in just telling a story and being engaging on that level that being said i think people who are looking for uh more challenging uh, more difficult science fiction or fantasy this is perfect for that um the the general conceit of of shadow of the torture like just starting in on it and i'm i really love that you picked that first um those first few sentences from the book because that i mean it, it hooks you immediately and the story is so well told and and so the characters are just so well uh portrayed the it, it's easy for me as a, as a fan of sci-fi fantasy i i tend to read those books very cinematically like i i can really see them um, in my mind, in my imagination, I, I kind of can blow them up into a sort of um, film kind of, it's hard to explain, but in my head, I can see it almost as a movie. And I could do that with this because even though his prose is very dense, um, it is at the same time very vivid and uh, his ability to really uh, detail the the world that this is all existing in and, and the things that are happening in it is so good um, that it puts itself above a lot of other sci-fi and fantasy that I have read. Um, so yeah, I absolutely agree that it's a it's a really good jumping off point. Um, and I would really encourage anyone who's been on the fence about it or who just doesn't think that sci-fi and fantasy can be challenging and and engaging in that level to check this book out at least read shadow of the torture and if you don't if you don't finish that book and want to keep going then that's on you and you're missing out um i did have a question um because i didn't even i'll be honest i did not even know that the book of the new sun was a part of an even larger uh, story cycle. So I, I am actually really interested in, in finishing the series now and moving into uh, the other series. I want to know if, do, do you feel like, because I, you said that the, the book of the short sign, which was the last set was the best of his work, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, 
I don't think I've ever had a a a, a, a book or a series of books make me as emotional as that book did. Okay. Books did. So I, I guess my question is, do you feel like they were better because he was getting better as a writer or because it was the, the story and the characters were more engaging or a combination of those two? I think he was getting better as a writer. I think that I, th- I think he was getting better at, um, so if you read, I haven't read operation Aries, his, his first novel, which is, is generally panned as, as being, um, is by far his worst work. Um, but if, even if you've read the fifth head of Cerberus, like you'll realize that his, his skill with prose, um, was, uh, you know, he, he didn't necessarily get that much better at, at prose over his career. Uh, but what he did do, what he did get better is, is, but is he got better about kind of like Pynchon did with humanizing his characters and creating fully fleshed out characters mm. and kind of creating more emotional arcs, um, rather than like plot arcs, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah, there. So the there is a, a minor character from Book of the New Sun that is present in Book of the Long Sun, which is kind of the connection there. Okay. Um, and the Severian is not at all a part of it. And then Book of the Short Sun, it does kind of cycle back to Book of the New Sun. It's I well, I can't get into it without get, getting heavy into spoilers. Yeah. Um, it does kind of circle back though to the to Book of the New Sun where Severian. I don't want to say anything actually, so, <laughs> but yeah, it does. It It is, there is a circular aspect to it and it, it, um, but like I said, I mean, you could, you could read book of the long sun and book of the short sun without having read new sun in my opinion. Okay. So th- through this, this, uh, kind of introduction to Gene Wolfe's, um, solar series, I, I have to, you, you, sorry. You've done a very good job of of giving reasons that somebody might like to read these books. Is there, are there any particular authors outside of Pynchon? Because I, I, I think that kind of comes implied with these episodes. Um, for which fans of them would be more or less likely to to like Gene Wolfe's writing. Good question. So, like other authors that that would dovetail well with Wolfe. Yeah, or uh, you know, if you like them, you'd like Wolf. Okay, um, I like that question. Um, I mean, the I would say the Dune series has some similarities with Wolf in terms of how in depth the world building is, how it kind of throws you into a really fleshed out and like, like it's like you're reading literary fiction from the future or something. Um. I haven't read anything else by Herbert other than the first four Dune books, but I do think the they do kind of show showcase a similar level of of artistry. Um, Ursula K. Le Guin was infamously, at least for Wolf fans, a big fan of Wolf. And while they all their prose is almost is almost um, the opposite in a lot of ways, where Wolf is more on the ostentatious side and Le Guin is more on the uh concise side i i do think that their fans probably have a good amount of overlap um china mieville i think if you're a fan of china mieville you would you would enjoy wolf um neil stevenson i would say you'd probably enjoy wolf although um 
Wolf is a lot more pro centered. Uh, William Gibson, I think you could you could make an argument that they they both have a, such an emphasis on pros that you'd probably enjoy them both. Um, Delillo, I would say Delillo and Wolf. They both have very um, impressionistic pros, and I think a lot of people, a lot of Delillo fans are fans of Delillo because of his pros, and I think a lot of Wolf fans are fans of Wolf because of his pros. I think there could be some overlap there. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe Kate can speak to this too, but I, I do think that if there are certain books by... Like, if you like... If you like the world-building and sci-fi aspects of... of uh, of infinite jest there there's probably something for you in in the world building and creatures and different stuff in the book of the new sun um yeah i, I would also if, if i would be so bold as to follow up with that answer given your brief uh mention of my name um ada palmer author of two like the lightning heavily influenced by wolf uh that that book which i believe is a duology or a trilogy um is is pretty heavily influenced by Wolf and Ada Palmer actually wrote the introductions to the new editions of the Book of the New Sun. They recollected those into two books each, um, and she did the introductions for them. Neil Gaiman is also heavily influenced by Wolf, um, and has spoken about the influence on his work at length in many instances. Um, so they're they're very different writers as far as like the the actual construction of their prose and everything but um anyone who's read american gods will have recognized some of the the personification of like media or technology that luke was kind of talking about earlier um so there's some certainly some thematic links there uh i would also say dan simmons author of hyperion uh would be another one that i think people would find some common ground with within wolf um the Wallace comparison is an interesting one. I'd have to, I'd have to think more about that. Um, certainly, from a world building perspective, I can see what what you're getting what you're getting at there. But I think they they both just kind of built absurd worlds that are very yeah. Impressive. They they do that's for sure. You did make a statement too earlier that I I wanted I made a mental note to follow up on that you think Earth of the New Sun is better than. The Book of the New Sun, which I, I, as far as I am aware, you know, being a casual or just above casual fan of Wolf and, you know, by by no means heavily invested in the community around his writing or anything, that is kind of a controversial statement, uh, is it, it is. not? Yeah. What makes you yeah. like Earth of the New Sun more? That was, that was, that was on my first read. Um, and I, I don't there is there's an aspect of Earth of the New Sun where it's the prose is is still really good and really lucid and entertaining and poetic, but it's it's a little bit more kind of it's more of a like the plot is more propulsive. Uh it's more directly sci-fi as as opposed to New Sun's kind of mixture of sci-fi and fantasy where Earth of the New Sun is set on a spaceship. Um there's kind of more like more happens in Earth of the New Sun. In my opinion, um, I also love all the stuff about Apu Panchao in uh, New Sun. It was kind of it just it, the first time I read it, it reached highs that were just kind of higher than even the Book of the New Sun reached. Um, whereas Book of the New Sun might have been more consistent. 
uh, Earth, the new sun was just kind of the highs were higher. And I'm kind of when I read, I, I like even if the lows are very low, if, if the highs are very high, I, I tend to kind of go more towards, you know, whatever. Does that make sense? Like the the if even if it's inconsistent, I'll generally enjoy something that has at least some beautiful sections over something that has like that's just good all the way through. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I I actually agree with your statement. I as a self-contained work, I think it's the best of the first five. Um for the reasons you've already stated. I, I think that if I had to pick just Earth of the New Sun or the Book of the New Sun, I would have to choose Book of the New Sun. But I I think you're absolutely right. I think it's it's a more propulsive story. I think that um the highs of it are very high. I Severian's um, trial to become the new son is one of my favorite things from any book that I've ever read. Um, in particular, his speech that he gives, which is directly quoted from the previous Autark. But yeah, that that book I think is is undeservedly kind of crapped on by a lot of Gene Wolfe's fans because of the reason for its composition, um, as opposed to actually sort of looking at the work and judging it on its own merits merely as, as the work that it is rather than why it was written. Yeah. I do wish that it was possible to, cause I've seen so many different, different opinions, different reports on why it was written and all that. I do wish that we, I could find Wolf himself kind of definitively saying, uh, what was up with all of that? Um, I do find it really interesting that, yeah, he released a four, a book, a series of four books and, they were so confusing to people that he had to write a, a full length <laughs> explainer. Yeah. Well, if I'm completely honest, I'm not sure I can say that it, it broke 700, but I promise the list is, is much longer than you might think. One, uh, one last thing I did want to bring up that I forgot to bring up is, um, this is, this is, uh, definitely a tangent and aside, but uh, Return to the World was released, I believe, in July, in, in the summer of 2001, definitely. So before 9-11, uh, a month or two before 9-11. And it does feature, this is a minor spoiler, but it does feature um, people hijacking a rocket and taking over the cockpit um, in a forceful manner. Um which was uncomfortable for me to read even 20 years later, but I cannot imagine uh, picking up that yeah. book a few months after, like, you know, like the day after 9-11 or something and reading that. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, there's some kind of weird, it's a very weird coincidence to me that that happened. Yeah, there's some weird, like, like coincidences with books being published around the time of 9 -11. Like there's a book, this is not related to Wolf at all, but this is related to what you just said. There, There's a book just called Taliban, um, which is a reporter, I want to say, or potentially like a political analyst, book-length defense of the Taliban as a stabilizing force in the nation of Afghanistan and in the region as a whole. And wow. that, that book was published September 4th, of 2001 which is one of the crazier things that i think has ever happened uh in in the history of of the last 20 years so so just to get this straight not only is jay-z involved in 
as well as George W. Bush, mm-hmm. but also Gene Wolfe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get insider information. All right. Good to know. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, thanks for listening to Mapping the Zone. Uh, we always appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.